Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Cannabis Connoisseur Podcast. My name is Jack Stone. Uh, Ryan Chavez isn't here today, but we do have Isla here. What's going on, Isla? Hey. Nice to be here. Thanks awesome. for inviting me today. Yeah, and we actually have a really awesome, amazing guest today. A doctor for the first time on the Cannabis Connoisseur podcast, so this is super, super exciting. Um, we have Dr. Rashna Patel, who is a best-selling author of the book titled The CBD Oil Solution. She is a world-recognized expert in the field of cannabinoid medicine. Since 2012, she has been helping people relieve their symptoms and transform their lives utilizing the CBD products. So welcome to the Cannabis Connoisseur, Doctor. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this is awesome. Um, this is like, a, like I said, it's the first time we've had a doctor on here, so this is really, really cool. Um, and I read your book. Uh, got it right here. Oh. So we got the uh, the CBD uh, oil solution. Check this out, everybody, if you haven't. Um, it's amazing and it's easy to read. I think this is it. Really simplifies CBD because CBD gets super confusing and people are like, "What cannabis weed?" Like it gets all over the place. And this really just it it really focuses it on CBD being a medicine and. Um, and it's just it, it's awesome. Um, so yeah, it's it's something I've enjoyed. And my girlfriend is super anti uh, cannabis. Um, and you know we have this show, but still, it's hard to get her to consume anything. This actually, this book's helped kind of uh, simplify it and just kind of show her like it gets into a little slight science uh, with your pictures. It's very the pictures yeah. make things easy to see, and it just really makes it relatable to today's world. And it just it's amazing. Um, but yeah, just, uh, uh, I was going to ask, um, what put you on the path of, uh, educating yourself, uh, about cannabis? You know, it all started with Craigslist. <laughs> I wanted no to way. add on Craigslist that said <laughs> medical marijuana doctor needed. And that is how it started. Wow. <laughs> and I have no shame in, in admitting <laughs> that I was browsing Craigslist. <laughs> That's so cool. There you go. That's wow. interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. did the... you have any prior uh, experience with cannabis prior to that? Like, oh yeah, you... absolutely. I mean, I was okay. using it in college, right? Nice. So I had experienced the benefits of it myself. Good. Um, good. and so, so here's the background, right? My background's in emergency medicine. Mm -hmm. Okay. And like any bright-eyed med school grad, yes, I wanted to impact change. Uh, yeah. in people's lives, right? Yeah. And I specifically chose emergency medicine because that's the one field of medicine in the United States where you don't have to consider the, the patient's ability to pay. Mm. You treat them regardless because there's laws in place where if someone comes into the emergency room as a physician, I am obligated to, to treat them appropriately. Yes. Um, and, and so... Here's what happened, though. Um, you know, most of what you treat in the emergency room is pain, right? Whether right. people come in with headaches, with abdominal pain, or with chest pain, you know, all sorts of pain, back pain. And because of the nature of our healthcare system, um, you know, this, essentially it was it, the emergency room is, is a source of primary care for a lot of patients. Yeah. And, you know, what would happen is that um, when there's no emergent cause, you usually discharge the patient with instructions to follow up with their primary care doctor, which doesn't happen, um, and with a prescription for pain medication, yeah. typically opioids. Right. And what ended up happening was that these patients would come back to the emergency room and say one mm -hmm. of two things, okay? They, they would say that the medications didn't work, 
they were experiencing mm-hmm. side effects on the medications, or in the worst case of scenarios, I was in the unfortunate position of having to resuscitate these patients. Oh my gosh. Because they either intentionally or unintentionally overdose on these medications, right? Um, and the unintentional cases are, you know, a lot of times elderly patients, mm-hmm. they get confused. They're on so many medications, they get confused and they end up taking too much. Um, so they come into the emergency room like just, just half conscious, essentially, right? So I felt like, you know, uh, here, here I was wanting to solve problems for people. And instead, I was perpetuating a problem, right? Mm-hmm. I was standing at a revolving door, handing out yes. prescriptions on the one hand, and then these same patients would come back, you know, on the other side of the revolving door. And right. and at the same time, you know, um, it was it was residency training, right? So I'm working like 80 to 100 hours a week. Uh, you get right. wired at some point where... You're tired, but you just can't sleep. Mm. And so that's when I started browsing Craigslist. Um, Really what I was doing was I was virtually dumpster diving because I had a fairly furnished apartment. And so I was looking for, for, you know, for good finds. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And sometimes you can find some really good stuff on there, by the way. Yeah. No. Um, uh, And so I happened to just one night click on the medical section. I, I yeah. don't know why, but I was I just happened to click on the medical and health job section, and that's when I came across mm-hmm. one that said um, wow. medical marijuana doctor needed. So I was like, okay, this is interesting. I've never heard of the field. I never even knew that such a job existed. Right. So then I started to dig into the research mm-hmm. behind mm-hmm. marijuana. I mean, clearly I had I had experienced the benefits of it myself, right? Yeah. I. Every time I used marijuana in college, I slept like a baby. You know? And, and, yeah. and yeah. given yeah. that I have a type A personality, I, you know, I didn't feel anxious. So, so I started to dig into the research, and by year's end, I was really compelled. I was like, you know what? There's a lot of potential in this, in this, in these chemicals to mm-hmm. treat chronic pain in a way that mm-hmm. conventional medicine is not. Um, right. A lot of medication options that we have in conventional medicine, they're meant for short-term use. They're not really meant for long-term use. Um, and that's where people run into, into problems is when they start using these drugs mm-hmm. long-term, right? Even when, we, when people start using drugs long-term for things like anxiety, for depression, right. for insomnia, they're, they're not meant for long-term use. Yeah, absolutely right. So by year's end, I was like, okay. I, you know, it's one thing to have the book knowledge as a doctor, but you also have to have the people knowledge as a doctor as well. So that's when I signed up. I, I, I packed my bags, moved across the country, and signed up to work at a medical marijuana clinic in California. Wow. Yeah. That is so that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like it was meant to be. Yeah, you saw <laughs> yeah, a need. Absolutely. Yeah. There's, I mean, this was in 2012, you know, and I was reading, I came across this ad in 2011. Wow. So it's it's now approaching a good decade wow. since right. I first even came across, um, uh, you know, uh, marijuana. Yes, um, and then it's slowly over time evolved. I think the timing of it was, you know, um, uh, serendipitous yeah. in that um, you know as soon as I started working at the clinic, a couple months later, Colorado had legalized marijuana for recreational use, oh, and yeah. since then it was just a snowball effect. Right. Okay. Wow. So. Um, and then it's, you know, it's slowly evolved to hemp-based products, um, you know, high CBD hemp-based mm-hmm. products as well, which people have great, much greater access to than marijuana-based right. products. Right. So, so yeah, it's, it, 
yeah, truly, it was meant to be. Yeah. I was meant to be a medical wow. marijuana doctor. That's so cool. <laughs> what do your What do your colleagues say about this? Like are other doctors, because obviously it's not you know traditional medicine. Yeah. So for the so my biggest fear, right? I'm taking big risks here mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. with my career. My biggest fear at the beginning was um, uh, uh, the judgment that I would face from my yeah. colleagues. So for the longest time, I never discussed. Uh, any of this with any colleagues. It was only probably around 2018 where, you know, I I quote unquote came out to my colleagues about what I was doing. This time, um, uh, you know, you had patients approaching their physicians about about marijuana-based products, about hemp-based products. Mm-hmm. And so now it was like, you know, physicians, once I, I came out about it, about it, you know, in terms of, you know, what, what I was doing, the mm-hmm. results it was having in, in the patients that I was treating, the, 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 you know, the approach that I took um, mm-hmm. uh, with these medications in treating patients. So now I'm at the point where physicians are approaching me and are like, you know, I have some questions. Um, can you, can you help me out? So, but, but yeah, that was my biggest fear. Um, there was just a lot of worry. I mean, I mean, quite frankly, I mean, this wasn't exactly the most coveted field of medicine. It's not yeah. like I was going into like cardiothoracic surgery, right? right. <laughs> I was going into medical marijuana. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, so yeah, that was my greatest fear. And um, it would, you know, you know how like when you get that anxious feeling, mm-hmm. right? Um, I would get an anxious feeling any anytime I had to talk to doctors about it. And in fact, when I started my own practice, that anxious feeling came up a lot because mm-hmm. one of the ways that you grow a practice is that you you do a referral system, right? Because mm-hmm. every every physician specializes in something different. So there are there are prob- certain problems that you know, like for instance, if you have a heart problem, yes, and you happen to be seeing a gastroenterologist who deals with stomach problems, they're not going to know how to solve that problem, right? right. So they're going to refer you over to a heart doctor, a cardiologist. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, one of the ways to establish a practice is that you go and introduce yourself to physicians in the area, and mm-hmm. that gave me a lot of anxiety. Um, because, you know, now I had to, to really put myself out there and start introducing myself to physicians and let them know what I was, uh, you know, I was doing. And I, I was definitely nervous about the criticism and the judgment that I would face. But interestingly enough, a couple years in, I, you know, my practice is in the Bay Area in Walnut Creek, mm-hmm. um, in the East Bay. Cool. And. Uh, a couple years in, uh, once I started my YouTube channel, I started to get referrals from physicians at Stanford, which is this, wow. this, this academic institution. That's and, awesome. And I think they were just finding me on. Right. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah. would you say that the stigma, well, obviously a decade later, the stigma with like the doctors or in the medical you know, institution organizations, would you say now from back then till now, has it lessened? Or is it still sort of there, you know, or, less, or more doctors embracing it? Yeah, I think there's there's way more doctors embracing okay. it. They have to. They have no choice because their yeah, patients yeah. are using these products, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. And their patients are benefiting from these products. Yes, for sure. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, their their patients are coming back telling them, "Hey, I'm off some of my prescription drugs." Wow. You know, because yes. this is this is helping me so much. Yes. So so they just it's almost at a point where you know they have no choice. Yeah. Yes. But, but to acknowledge this as a medication. 
Right. It's everywhere too. I feel like it keeps getting legalized in different states and it's just, it keeps getting bigger. And now you have the experience. So that time you were like being quiet about it, just, you've been kind of building this, you know, this, this thing and making like learning and educating yourself on cannabis. And that's really cool. Oh man. What about like your family? What did they say when they, they found out? Oh God. Oh Lord. (laughs) So I come from, you know, your traditional Indian Mm -hmm. family, right? They're fairly conservative. Um, so when I moved to California, I told them, Oh, I'm going I was vague about why I was moving to California, (laughs) right? It was they knew it was a job, they knew it was in medicine. Um, and I did, you know, I I didn't know what I was getting myself into, right? So Mm -hmm. to hedge my bets. I signed up to work at the medical marijuana clinic, but then I was like, okay, well, if this doesn't work out, uh, I kind of need something on the side as well. So I, I signed up to do um, assessments for, like, Medicare. Hmm. Uh, I did that for, like, one weekend, and then I was like, screw this. <laughs> I'm just going to stick to medical marijuana. Yeah. Now, the thing is, is that um, I have a very big Indian family, hmm. and so the thing was, my thought was that let me see how this goes. And once I feel like this is something I want to commit to, I will let my parents in on it. Mm. But back to that big Indian family, my cousin just out of the blue, you know, a, a couple couple weeks of me starting my work as a medical marijuana doctor decided to have uh, her engagement party, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and my whole family was going to be there and some of my cousins knew what I was doing. So the absolute worst thing that um, uh, the most disrespectful thing that you can do to Indian parents is that they find out from somebody else that you're up to something that they weren't aware of. Right. So um, at that point, I sent an email to my brother. I used my sibling (laughs) as a buffer. And I basically, you know, very simple um, uh, uh, email where I just said that, Hey, mom and dad, I'm in California working as a medical marijuana doctor. And, and, and it made me really nervous because up until this point, you know, I was your standard nerdy Indian kid, right? Yeah. <laughs> I did well academically. I was good at math, good at science, decided to become a doctor, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, was, I was doing all the things that I was typically expected of a firstborn Indian child. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, they get this sort of like, you know, uh, like this news out of left field, out of nowhere. So they called me for a couple of days and I couldn't pick up because, again, that, that nervous feeling. That yeah. Oh. <laughs> So finally, um, they were calling me for days, and I was like, okay, I need to pick up. Yeah. So I got on the phone with my dad, and his first question to me was, are you working for the mafia? Why <laughs> 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 he's associating cannabis and the mafia? Yeah, I mean, Sopranos. here's the thing. It, like, it kind of makes sense. I mean, yeah. like it's immigrant illegal. parents. Their first encounter with America is Jersey, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's where I grew up. And we had, like, businesses in New York in the 80s. Right. Okay. And the thing is, is that here's the thing. In Jersey, you know, this seemingly normal family next to you could very well be part of the mafia, Mm -hmm. you know? And And I was like, I don't. I was like, I was even thinking back to, like, I, I really thought about 
this question. I was like, do I know anybody like from high school? <laughs> could it be? Could I? Like, that could potentially like have relations to mafia. Yeah. And, like, and, uh, and I mean, I, do, I don't. And I wasn't working for the mafia. <laughs> so, so. The thing is, is that my dad's well read, right? Like yeah. he, he's always keeping up with like um, he's a businessman, so he's always you know keeping up with like uh, things and trends business and, and whatnot. Lot, yeah. yeah, exactly, trends cool. and whatnot. Um, <laughs> and so, so he, being a businessman, he saw the business opportunity in this, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a niche, um, okay. and as they say, the, you know, the, the riches are, are in the niches. Yeah, right. So, so he saw say. that. Um, my mother, on the other hand, she's very, very conservative. Mm-hmm. And so for the longest time, she didn't even say the word marijuana. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, and a lot of times, you know, um, Indian aunties are very, like, competitive. <laughs> but when they talk about their kids, you know, like, yeah. it's not only like, oh, my child's a doctor. It'll be like, oh, well, what specialty is your child? Right. You know, oh, yeah. right? Because yeah. even in medicine, there's, there's specialties that are more difficult to get into in terms mm-hmm. of residency, some, some right. less difficult. And she would just say, oh, she's in, you know, general practice. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, general practice doesn't even exist anymore. <laughs> general like practice. Years and years ago. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so, That's awesome, yeah. Yeah. And then, if, and so here's the thing, though. Now, today, I have, like, my family pestering me to send them like CBD products. Whoa, have, like, that's cool. Yeah, they, like someone's like someone's telling me, oh, I have knee pain. Someone's like, mm-hmm. oh, I have neck pain. And um, so yeah, now now they're like calling me for, for wow. all the time. You know? that's, that's crazy. Awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. Awesome. So that's that's been quite an evolution as well. Yeah. Wow. So does your is your dad like get into it? Because I know like there's there's obviously there's a big side of the business. You know, you're helping people. There are CBD products out there. There's marketing and a whole world of you know sales and commerce and stuff. Has your dad maybe helped out with that that world or? What, um, he's he's always like you know we're always discussing things mm-hmm. like he's always making suggestions like yeah um when I went to see them last which was like months ago in March um I saw, I brought over some uh, marketing materials that I had to look over oh cool um and so he happened to be sitting there and you know he he took a pen and and he kind of like went through it and he's like you know these are the suggestions that I would make wow um but he's been a brilliant mentor for me you know um because he has has just um. He's a brilliant businessman to start with, but he has a ton of experience, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I do turn to him. I do turn to my brother who um, has an MBA as well. Has oh, a lot wow. of corporate experience. Mm-hmm. So I'm fortunate in that sense in that I have their guidance, right? Um, so, uh, so, so, yeah, I'm always turning to them. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm the one who's most familiar yep. with my patient, yes. their stories, because I'm the one hearing them on a regular basis. Right. Um, and you know, the whole, um, uh, YouTube thing was mm-hmm. something that I just, you know, decided to, to start. Um, yeah, I'm not even sure why. Oh, I do know why. <laughs> um, it's because I was, um, you know, I, the way I started my clinic, it was very bare bones, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I used some of the, 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 the income that I made um, mm-hmm. and the other clinics that I worked at set that aside to start my own practice. Mm. It was very bare bones. The first year, I mean, I played doctor receptionist and yeah. it wasn't until the second year that I actually hired a receptionist. So it was just me and my receptionist. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, she was getting a lot of questions, repetitive questions, questions that she couldn't answer because she doesn't have a yeah. medical background. 
And I would stay afterwards and call all these people back because, you know, the thing is, is that people, people at the time, and even now, they, they don't know um, mm-hmm. the ben- all the benefits, right. all the potential benefits of cannabinoids, right? So they would call me and say, hey, you know, I want to know if it's worth coming in for a consultation for this. You know, we're, we're right. So I would call them back. And at some point, this was like taking hours and hours to do. So it's like, okay, I, I need some sort of efficiency here. So I started creating videos. And I told my receptionist, uh, I've created this video on arthritis. If anybody asks about arthritis, you know, point them to this video. It'll likely answer a lot of those, you know, questions surrounding, is it going to work for this particular condition? Um, And then, and then the video started to do really, really well. And the channel then, then took off on its own. Yeah, I thought thought it was awesome. I watched Mm -hmm. a few of like a lot of the questions that you address from different patients and, I think you're right because a lot of, especially with uh, new people who are new yeah. to the whole, you know, medicinal marijuana or, or medical cannabis, uh, they have this a lot of question sensors. So you can obviously get bombarded with that. Right. But it's also yeah. interesting that you broke so many barriers on your own, sort of. You know, yeah. you broke the barrier of sort of transitioning to the whole practice in general. Broke yeah. the barrier with your family being non-traditional, you yeah. know, users in this thing, and then sort of coming to where you are now, writing a book and, and having so many products out, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. that feels really. What's a, what's a consultation like look like, like someone, if uh, for one of your, your patients to go in and, and talk to you about cannabis, like what's that look like to consult? Yeah. So typical consultation, um, is that, um, it, it, it's pretty standard, right? I'm taking, I'm starting off by taking a medical history. Um, you people are coming in um, uh, for very specific uh, for help with specific diagnoses, right? Mm-hmm. So, so I'm not really diagnosing. They already know what the, they they want to come in to to try CBD, either CBD or or THC for. So then it's a matter of okay, gauging you know the the severity of of the condition, um, and and then and then also other nuances, right? What's the duration of the condition? Um, what's the frequency of the condition? What have they tried in the past? Um, what's worked? What hasn't worked? And then I'm going through, um, you know, have they tried any cannabinoid products? Uh, what products did they try? You know, what, what were, I'm looking into very specific things like what were the amounts of CBD and THC in this particular product? How much were they using? Mm. How often were they using it? What results did they experience, Right. Um, and then based off of all of that, I am then walking them through, okay, these are my recommendations, right? Um, yeah. uh, you know, based on what you've told me, like, uh, first and foremost, this is the sort of combination of CBD and THC you want to select. Mm-hmm. Um, then method of administration is important. Ah. Um, they're very different, right? Inflammation yeah. versus sublingual, so tinctures versus edibles. Right. They all are different in namely how long they take to take effect and then how long they last in your system. That's really, mm-hmm. really important. Um, so I go through that and then I go through dosing, right? Uh, this is something that there's so much mystery around, um, but, but really there isn't. I mean, if, yeah. as physicians, we're, this is the one skill we're great at. We're great mm-hmm. at dosing medications for people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I walk them through, through you know, dosing and then I, I walk them through how frequently they should be taking uh, uh, the cannabinoid product. Um, and then finally, we go over, you know, side effects, how to avoid and manage side effects, and then also drug interactions that they, they need to be aware of or uh-huh. to watch out for. 
Um, so those are all the, all the things I go over. And a lot of it is also just putting your mind at ease. Um, there's a lot of misconceptions as well that, you know, um, even with CBD products nowadays, you know, people still, uh, will, will tell me, Hey, I'm not looking to get hot. Right. (laughs) But they're not, they're not aware that CBD is not proactive. It's stigma. That is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, or, you know, for a lot of them, uh, patients, the last time they may have used, um, any form of cannabinoid products may have been in high school or college, oh. right? And yeah. they may have gotten high as a kite back then. Yeah. And, and they the don't want to experience that again, right? They, they just yeah. want the benefit. They don't want to be, like, in a corner, like, yeah. hallucinating. Right. So, um, so, so, you know, it, it, it's, it's a matter of walking them, you know, uh, easing their, mm-hmm. their, their worries about, mm-hmm. about all those things. Um, so that's typically what, what a consultation um, is, is like, right? And in terms of conditions, there's most common conditions that I've treated are chronic pain, anxiety, insomnia. Okay. But then you also have, you know, patients with ADHD, mm. patients with epilepsy, even patients mm. with autism I've treated um, as wow. well. So it's, okay. it's, it's a wide range of conditions that these cannabinoids right. can, can uh, benefit. Right. That's amazing. Wow. So do you, with, um, like, uh, I know you were talking about the stigma. So like the, the stigma, just like it, my girlfriend, the same thing. She's like, she was with a friend at a party and then they smoke too much. And just, there's a stigma where like, I'm not touching that because I don't want to feel the, the effects of TB, THC, CBD. Do you ever get into like, do you get into it? People like explain the differences between THC and CBD. Do you find yourself in those conversations a lot with uh, patients? All the time, all the time. Explaining the difference between not only THC and CBD, but what's the difference between hemp and marijuana mm, there you go. You know, as well. Right. Um, and then also, there's also confusion between recreational products and medical products. People, people think that there's an actual difference um, uh, in the products. Um, and, you know, there is, but, you know, ultimately the chemicals are the same, um, but the variance may just be in the amount Right. Of, um, of, of, you know, total cannabinoids that are in the product. Um, so, so all sorts of uh, differences. And, you know, it's not just the layperson that I'm explaining this to, but also medical professionals, oh, right? Yeah. So these are some basic differences that even they are not aware of as well. Oh. Um, so I think it's, it's everyone. Um, it, it sort of just came out of nowhere. And, yeah. you know, um, uh, people are getting all sorts of information from, Dr. Google, and, um, <laughs> and, and you know, like one article can tell you one thing, and then another article tells you something completely mm-hmm. different. Um, so there's a lot of confusion around it as well. Right. Okay. Jeez. Interesting. That's, yeah. that's a lot. Oh man. Yeah. Um. The other big thing I was going to, oh, the thing that, that really kind of drew me to the book, I know you got into like three different pieces. I almost like, like section, well, there's more sections, uh, but I, I feel like, you know, you explain the differences between, you know, uh, cannabis, hemp, CBD, THC, which is awesome. You super simplify it. And I think that's like, like there's no really, you, there's no really big terms or everything. It's, it's super like understandable to like everybody. And you get the pictures and, and I think my favorite part is your recipes. These are freaking amazing. Like you got the, you know, I gotta pull this up. We got the so video. they're not mine. I can't oh. cook. <laughs> Just so you know, it's really funny when my cousins bought my book and they started to look at the recipes and they're like, "She can't cook." Recipes. <laughs> 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 and I was like, "There's a chef. There's a chef. If you notice at the back, uh, there's credit given to uh, to oh, a chef, okay. cool. and okay. she she creates recipes wow. with cannabinoids. That's awesome." Um, 
I, I, the only thing, I, I mean, I warm up things in microwaves. <laughs> that's, that's about as far as, as, far as I go. Oh, <laughs> right? man, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So what I wonder with the CBD, with your CBD line of products, could you mm -hmm. just elaborate like what sort of differentiates yours from, I know not all CBD is created equally. Mm -hmm. Now something you can kind of walk into a gas station and see yeah. like a CBD and, or a hemp or something. Yeah. And, you know, it could get confusing with people who really want to use it for medical purposes or for conditions that they really want to treat. Um, you know, getting it over the counter or, or from a medical doctor as opposed to getting it from a local grocery store or something. Yeah. Yeah. So the main thing is product quality, mm -hmm. right? Because okay. it's an unregulated industry. Um, right. Nobody's, no third party is monitoring the quality of these products. And so that right. first and foremost is incredibly important to me as a physician. Um, so the most obvious thing I'm doing, so there's a couple of factors that I'm, that I'm looking at. So let me walk you through them. One is um, CBD right? The amount of CBD. Does the product even have CBD in it? There are products out there that have little to no CBD in them. Mm -hmm. um, so not only that, but I'm very, very particular. I want the amount of CBD in our products uh, that, that are on the label versus on the lab results to be within plus or minus 20% of each other. Okay. Um, and if I can get that number down, most of our products are even less than that. Mm -hmm. But that's what I'm aiming for. Now, why am I aiming for specifically plus or minus 20%? That's the accepted medical standard between, between a brand medication and a generic medication. They can have a deviation of plus or minus 20% in terms of either the milligrams or micrograms of active ingredient. Okay. The other thing is, is that our products have no more than 0.00% THC. Um, in general, by law, hemp-based products cannot have more than 0.3% THC. Uh, we, uh, we've chosen to keep it no more than 0.00% um, because, um, you know, uh, it, just logistically, if, if you do want to use, if you do want THC, the amounts are so negligible in less than 0.3%, you're getting no effect, right? Uh, the entourage effect really comes from marijuana-based products, where there's some, you know, oftentimes equal amounts of CBD and THC. Um, and, and also just from a legal standpoint, it, it, it is better for us. And then also just from, you know, um, a worry standpoint, a lot of people who, who want the benefits of CBD just want to steer clear of THC. Mm -hmm. So our products have 0.00% THC, no more than that. Wow. Um, and then um, I'm looking at microbial contaminants, right? So we're, we're, I'm talking about bugs, like fungus, oh, bacteria. Right. This is important, especially for the patient who is immunocompromised, right? Um, we're not just talking about HIV AIDS patients or cancer patients undergoing chemo, but we're also talking about the patient who um, has an autoimmune condition and is on a medication that's suppressing the immune system. Um, they can get sick from these bugs as well. And, you know, there have been cases of E. coli and salmonella traced back to the cannabis family of plants. Um, I'm looking at that. I'm looking at fungus. There's a, a particular fungus known as aspergillus, hmm. which can cause a lung infection. I'm actually going to be doing a video on that on my YouTube channel um, uh, this week, which will be published next week. Oh, cool. Um, but it, it can cause a lung infection. And um, so, so that's important to 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 to, to for, that's important for when it comes to quality of CBD products that they're tested for microbial mm -hmm. contaminants. The other thing is pesticides. Um, I'm looking to make sure that there's, there's you know, our, our product, our plants are grown organically, but because I'm anal retentive, <laughs> we still test for pesticide levels. Um, nice. 
and we make sure that they're non-toxic um, uh, level, levels, you know, in, in, in the products. Because um, again, because it's an unregulated industry, um, based on the research that I've done, they have found um, uh, toxic levels of pesticides and even banned pesticides mm -hmm. on these plants as well. And oftentimes it's because these plants, you know, the cannabis family of plants are very prone to growing fungus. Um, and, and even getting getting um, infested with with pesticides as well. Um, the other thing that, um, uh, or I'm sorry, infested with pests um, as well. And then the other thing that um, that I'm looking at is heavy metals. Mm. This is because the cannabis family of plants they're bioaccumulators and they soak up the heavy metals in their environment. Mm -hmm. And so you don't want high levels of lead to end up in your CBD product, right? Because then you're end up, ending up doing more harm than good to your body. So mm. we're looking at heavy metals, specifically arsenic, cadmium, lead, and mercury. And then finally, we're looking at residual solvents, right? So even though our products are made from safe and non-toxic solvents like carbon dioxide and or alcohol, there are products out there, there, there are like extracts where they use hydrocarbons, right? So hydrocarbons like like hexane and propane and butane um, mm -hmm. to, to extract the cannabinoids. And you don't want toxic levels of these left behind. Mm -hmm. um, and just to make this more tangible, right, propane is what's used to fire up your barbecue grill. Ah, butane oh, is what's in lighter fluid. Yeah. And hexane yeah. Oh, is man. oftentimes used to make glue, certain types oh, wow. of glue. Right? Yeah. So these are the type of chemicals you don't want to consume in toxic yeah. levels. So product quality is is of utmost importance. Yeah. Um, and and that's carried out throughout, you know, whether it's our tinctures or soft gels. Um, I drive my team crazy. I drive mm. the like, <laughs> manufacturers that we work with crazy when it comes yeah. to yeah. test results. Because I'm looking at it from a very medical standpoint where how is this, you know, what sort of potential impact can this have on a person's life? Right. right. Yeah. And, and I've taken a note to do no harm. And just, you know, as just as a human being, I don't want right. to harm to another human yeah. being. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so that's really, really important um, uh, to me. And yeah. so I lay this out in the book in general, but mm. I'm putting the information that I put out there to use practically um, in my own company. Right. right. That's yeah. amazing. There's so many like uh, um, these vape cartridges out there too that, that just have these things yeah. that you're saying, these like lighter fluids and these butanes and it's just – it's scary because this black market of uh, cannabis products, like it's going out to kids like high schoolers and you know they're putting in their vape pens and they don't know what it is. They're just – they're getting it because yeah. you know part of it, they don't have access and it's it's scary. Um, do you say like, – have you run into people that have asked you about that or have you – I mean – have you like run like have you run into those situations where people have asked you about these different like cannabis products or advocated like in that field of like you know stopping it I guess. Uh, oh, you mean like like not from the patient standpoint, but like from ad, like advocates coming to me. Yes, right. yeah. If people like come to you and like ask you about this stuff or. Um. Like I have had patients ask mm -hmm. me, you know, mm -hmm. specifically in terms of information about okay, well, what should I be looking for in right. products. Um, not so much, um, I have had some companies approach me, oh. um, you know, about, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, products and whatnot, right. um, uh, from a, like a consultative standpoint. Um, although since I started, you know, working with Doc Patel's, I, I don't do that anymore. Yeah, that makes Consult sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, prior to that, I have had, you know, companies, um, uh, approach me even bigger, like, uh, conglomerates, 
um, approach me about um, you know product quality and whatnot um, because there's a bigger risk uh, right. you know without naming names with these with these bigger companies um, uh, you know in, in terms of their reputation um, and also just you know from a legal and financial standpoint as well yeah, um, but yeah companies have have approached me when it comes to product quality like you know what do we need to be looking for because it's an unregulated industry right. Yeah. yeah, makes yeah. sense. Really, really good. Yeah. yeah. So, with your patients, um, do you find that most of them are are easily able to transition from like the the heavy, you know, obviously the, the prescription drugs that they've been accustomed to using for so long, or you know, at least the the major ones with the side effects? Do you find that once they're on like the C a CBD regimen? Um, are they easily able to transition or or get off that medicine altogether? Um, yeah, here's what I'll tell you. Um, mm -hmm. uh, the using cannabinoid products makes the transition easier. Um, okay. You know, with certain medications, um, it, it is difficult to wean off of them. Just as an example, benzodiazepines, right? For instance, even Xanax, yes. a commonly used um, anxiolytic anti-anxiety medication. Um, a lot of times, you know, when people have been on it, uh, even for a short while, they have a difficult time weaning off of it because they go yeah. through severe withdrawal symptoms. Um, yeah. The cannabinoids do help to make that easier. Um, I would say on average, uh, when it comes to weaning off of prescription medications, it takes, you know, about four to six weeks. For okay. some, clearly, it may be longer. Uh, for some, it's, it's shorter. You know, they're able to do it quicker. Right. Um, but, but it does overall help to ease um, uh, the transition for mm. sure. Yeah, great. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Do you ever like, what's your stance with THC? Obviously you're a big advocate of CBD, but do you still think, you know, THC could benefit patients too sometimes? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a chart in my book mm -hmm. where I go through, uh, which conditions, um, uh, benefit from CBD, high amounts of CBD, which conditions benefit from high amounts of THC, and then which conditions need both. Um, you know, overall, uh, here's what I'll tell you. Um, mm. Conditions that benefit from CBD include uh, migraines and headaches, muscle pain, nerve pain, anxiety, and then mild to moderate insomnia. Now, there are exceptions, right? So with nerve pain, when, when the cause is either spinal stenosis mm. or, or shingles, um, in that case, you do need some amount of THC to help alleviate the pain. But these are pretty severe um, uh, conditions of nerve pain. And so even with, with nerve pain, it's mild to moderate nerve pain that generally benefits from, from uh, CBD products. Um, I, I'm a believer in, though I was trained in conventional medicine, I, I believe that, you know, nature made, made plants a certain way for a reason. Mm. And I, you know, I think all, all you know, the, the, the combination of cannabinoids for certain conditions are very, very important. So it's not, you know, THC versus CBD. Mm. It's, um, you know, what's, what's going to benefit this particular patient with, right. with the condition that they have, the severity of the condition, the cause of, of the condition. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, I'm overall a believer in cannabinoids in general. Oh, that's great. So yeah. That's awesome. Very cool. Yeah, and like you uh, just touched upon all the other cannabinoids that are obviously studies are coming out with more now, the CBG, mm. CBN. CBG. All the other ones, the other uh, cannabinoids that are, that are just going to be, you know, I guess good for other types of ailments. I think um, one of them is going to be really good for uh, weight loss. I think that's THCV. And um, 
a CBN really potentially for sleep. CBN is supposed to be a really good one. Yeah. A CBG for patients with glaucoma and things like that. Yeah. So I think although CBD, CBD is really obviously a high, a higher cannabinoid and very popular as studies go on, a lot of the other cannabinoids are going to be uh, specific to certain, you know, conditions and certain elements, you know, yeah, and absolutely. maybe more benef- beneficial in the long run. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, there was a medication put out on the market known as Ramonaband. Mm. Ramonaband was, um, it was not cannabis derived, but it was a synthetic um, uh, uh, it, was a, it was a synthetic chemical that did the opposite of THC. So basically what these scientists thought was that, okay, if THC stimulates appetite, you mm-hmm. know, once it interacts with a receptor, what if we create a molecule that, uh, in essence, blocks that receptor, mm-hmm. right? Then we have an, ap- an appetite suppressant. Suppressant, right. So it went out on the market, but here's what happened. Um, people started having suicidal thoughts oh. uh, and or homicidal thoughts. So they had right. to pull, pull it off the market. Um, wow. So it goes to show you that, mm-hmm. you know, how important the endocannabinoid system is for us to for yes. our mental well-being. Because if yes. you block yeah. those receptors, people yes. start to feel suicidal. They start to feel homicidal, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and so, yes, that, that, has, that has been tried unsuccessfully, um, mm-hmm. you know, to, to try to suppress appetite with right. a chemical that does the opposite of THC. Okay. But, you know, like I said, unsuccessfully. So, yeah, a lot of these chemicals have tons of potential. We just have yeah. to, you know, um, study it more. Right. Get CBD and THC are, are, are better studied because they occur in the greatest concentration. Mm. Yes. In, 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 you know, in the cannabis family of plants. But, mm. um, but yeah, these, uh, these other chemicals that, that occur in lower concentrations, uh, you know, we still need, need to find out more about them. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, I feel like every every other day there's a new one out. There's CBG, CBN. I'm like, oh wow, yeah. how many more letter, uh, alphabet <laughs> letters of the alphabet are there? <laughs> there's there's about like a good hundred of wow. them. So wow. So there, yeah, there's tons of cannabinoids. It's amazing. Right. Would you say, uh, Doctor Patel, that your patients are mostly um, like what genre? Like, are they mostly elderly patients, hmm. or uh, as far as like age wise and demographics? Uh, who would you see, uh, say benefits the most from, um, obviously, your CBD, you know, regimen? Um, typically, it's over the age of 40. Mm. I would say okay. all the way up to people in their 90s approaching, you know, or for the, the for the rare few approaching, you know, uh, uh, the, the three digits in age. Yeah. Mm. Um, uh, and for nice. a lot of these people, you know, they're coming in for, for like I mentioned, chronic pain, anxiety, yeah. insomnia. Yes. Um, and then it's equally, I would say, equally divided between male and female. Um, okay. and, and, you know, w- with females, um, uh, it, when it comes to, to, to female-specific conditions, they come at every stage, um, uh, oh. you know, of change that a female goes through, whether it's, it's um, you know, uh, while they're menstruating, whether it's perimenopause or, or postmenopause okay. as well. Okay. Uh, and so... Uh, so yeah, I would say age age forty and above, but more mm-hmm. more on average fifty, sixty, seventy. Mm. Okay. Okay. Wow. 
Yeah, part of your book, it's it, you know, it's got the emails of, of people that ask you questions, you know, about anxiety and pain and all these situations, and it, it's amazing because they're like they're sending you these emails, like, how can CBD help me with this and that? Do you have any situations where you've like there have been just like a really big story that someone like really wanted to share, like this just that you have that we, we're, we've helped somebody uh, with with CBD. Yeah, so this one, so it's not CBD, it's just, it, it's just cannabinoids okay, in general. Nice. Um, and this was the very first year that I was in practice. And um, this was a woman probably in her 50s who came to me. And she had a background of uh, sexual trauma. You know, she had been raped. And, um, uh, you know, it, so for her, intercourse was this very nerve-wracking experience. And she told me, you know, Dr. Patel, cannabinoids are the only thing that helped me and that allowed me to orgasm. Mm. And I think that's that's huge, right? Like, you know, you're taking a very traumatic experience. And now that, that, you know, makes makes an uncomfortable experience into a, what, you know, for for most people, what what is a pleasurable experience. Right. Um, And gosh, like so many stories. Um, you know, people who've been struggling for a very, very long time with severe pain, mm-hmm. it can start to have psychological impact, right? Mm-hmm. It, it starts to, um, uh, like, uh, let's even talk about, uh, the, you know, the, the elderly patient who's a grandparent who struggles with arthritis. Mm. They can't even carry their grandchild, oh. right? It's, 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 a, it's a struggle because their, their, their joints are hurting. Right. And to be able to treat them and then for them to come back and say, I can carry my grandchild now, wow. uh, th- that, that can have just such a significant impact on the quality of their life. Um, you know, there, there's also, you know, the, the new mom, you know, yeah. who, who has like, uh, you know, a, a couple kids under the age of six. Um, who's overwhelmed um, and is struggling with anxiety, you know, um, helps helps there as well. Um, and it allows her to be a better mom, a more patient mother, as opposed to being, you know, a mother who's, who's irritated and agitated with her kids all the time. Um, so it's not just, you know, from what I've seen, it's not just treating the symptoms of the condition. It, it goes much, much further than that. You're really impacting the quality of a person's life, wow. you know, and and that's essentially what I wanted, uh, you know, a, as a physician, is to really impact change um, yeah. in the lives of people, and and that's what I see happening, you know, on a very regular basis. So now my aim is is to educate other physicians so that they can impact lives. And also, um, that, you know, provide a product line that, that people can trust, that they can turn to, and put out information so that, to whatever extent possible, they can DIY it as well. Yeah. Right. Um, and so, so now it's a matter of, you know, back in residency, it was a question of, am I impacting lives? Now it's a question of, how many lives can I impact in my lifetime? Mm. And how do I create a company that continues to impact lives even beyond my lifetime, wow. right? So, 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 yeah. That that's that's the the you know the evolution that I have personally seen mm-hmm. in medicine. That's amazing! Wow. Now yeah, you this, yeah. this legacy, the story, this you know this this goal of, of helping people. It's phenomenal. What you're doing. Um, I'll start Wells. with Craigslist. <laughs> <laughs> 
it all started with an idea. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. I have to I have to thank Craig for my yeah. career. <laughs> <laughs> that's so awesome. Like Craigslist, no, like there's so many different things that come out of you. People buy tables and chairs from, from yeah. Craigslist, but you know, starting yeah. ideas and, and careers and it's like wow, it's it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> That's so would you funny. say for, for now that I guess you, I think you alluded to that, that you want to now, your focus now is to educate other mm-hmm. physicians and, yeah. um, you know, utilizing more plant medicine as a whole, or at least in the cannabinoid field, right? Yeah. How is that, how is that coming along? Are you feeling like other physicians are, are now, you know, seeking it and open to it? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So what we're doing is that we're creating a directory of physicians that we okay. offer our customers out to. Um, so that, you know, for those who want to use cannabinoids under the care of a physician or just any licensed medical professional, mm-hmm. they have the option to do that. And mm-hmm. I am training these medical professionals based on my knowledge and my experience. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that, you know, I as one physician can only see so many people yeah. um, and there's only so many hours in a day. So this is really the, the way to, to scale my impact, mm-hmm. right? Um, to be able to impact, impact other people. Plus, I'm, you know, I'm going to continue to put out um, uh, information, you know, for um, uh, uh, for consumers as well on you yes. know, utilizing mediums like YouTube and whatnot, as well as speaking engagements. Um, and then mediums like this, where yes. you guys have yes. been gracious enough to give me your platform to speak to yes. your audience as yes. well. Um, so, so yeah, that's now my next, you know, the next phase is that, you know, I've learned this, I've mastered this, mm-hmm. I've impacted lives. Now, how do I teach others to do the same? Um, and my goal is hopefully to do it worldwide because once, so I have, you know, I transitioned from a brick and mortar to an online practice. Yeah. And once I opened my consultations up to the world, I was getting, I was seeing people from like Indonesia, mm-hmm. South Africa, India. Yeah. Um, you know, people were looking to consult with me and I was like, wow, you know, I, so I went from a small you know, affecting people in a very small location in the East mm-hmm. Bay, mainly, mm-hmm. to worldwide. That's so, so, cool. so you know, I would love to be able to, to, to make, you know, these products accessible to people worldwide and at the same time um, uh, train medical professionals worldwide so that, you know, people in the local area have, um, that, so that people have someone in their local area to turn to. And, you know, not, you know, some people want to DIY it, which is fine. Some people, <laughs> though, especially if they have, like, you know, children with autism, for instance, yes. or children yeah. with uh, for, with epilepsy, or you know, if they have an elderly parent, yes. um, they they would much rather not DIY and really, you know, um, uh, uh, utilize cannabinoids under the care of a medical professional, which is you know, yeah. and it's great to be able to give them that option as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So this goes into my kind of last question with all this. So where do you see the world of cannabis within the next 10 years? Like where do you see everything going with the legalization in different states? Like where, what do you, what do you, what's your vision of the future in the cannabis world? Okay. So it, it, I think our greatest um, uh, barrier is big pharma mm. and, and, and the lobbying that they do. Right. Uh, this medication is a huge threat to big pharma. It has the potential to, to replace a lot of commonly prescribed medications. So really, ultimately, that's what the industry is up against. And we're seeing it play out with, um, with the FDA. They're dragging their feet on regulating uh, uh, cannabinoids in general 
Okay, yeah. why is that? Because a lot of people who are in the FDA formerly used to work with mm. Big Pharma, right? Um, it, so, so that is our greatest barrier because once <laughs> once we can o overcome that hurdle, we'll start to do more research. Um, we'll start to find out more and more things. We'll start to get approved for more and more conditions. Um, and eventually down the line, it'll start to replace, like I said, a lot of commonly prescribed medications. Yeah. So that's the barrier that we have been up against right. for decades and we're still up against right now. Um, it's loosening up because I think, quite frankly, the, the people's voice has been yeah. heard. Yeah. Right? Sure. So yes. many states, you know, they, they, they've made their voice heard through their vote. Um, and so, um, you know, at, at that point, you know, uh, being in a democratic nation, then, you know, the government really doesn't have a choice. The people want what the people want. Yeah. Um, and, and so very slowly we're making progress in that respect. Um, but yeah, I would say that that is our, our greatest barrier. Um, once we overcome that, which we are very yeah. slowly, um, we're, we're going to make leaps and bounds of progress. And I think eventually down the line, it, uh, at both marijuana-based products, uh, hemp-based products already are, but marijuana-based yeah. products will be legalized throughout the United States and hopefully throughout the world. Oh, I can't Most wait. Definitely. Right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, what, what ultimately, what I would love is I, I what I imagine is, you know, I, I've worked at like government hospitals in India. Right. And the, the, the greatest struggle there is that there's such a lack of resources, mm. right? Um, and, and it's not like America, right? Where, you know, you, at least, you know, in the ER, uh, you, you know, a patient has a, a right to get treated, to, you know, as, as long as it's, it's something emergent. Um, you know, when I was at the government hospital in India, um, people had to go out and buy their own medications, mm. and even if it was an emergent scenario. And what I would love is for people to be able to grow these plants in their backyard. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. and yeah. I mean, a couple <laughs> plants can medicate awesome. an entire community. You that's know? what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah. what we need. You know, um, <laughs> and, and so, yeah, I mean, all these medications that are being prescribed, really, people can grow this plant in their backyard and use that as medication. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so that that's the perspective with which I'm seeing it and the impact that I would like to have. Um, is that, you know, people can just go back to growing this in their backyard and right. using it as medication as it once was done right. anyway, you know? Right. Awesome. So, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. That is an amazing vision, and I hope it comes true. <laughs> this, yeah. That's how we're doing <laughs> this podcast, so. to crush the stigmas and just, uh, you know, show that, you know, cannabis is a medical plant and it can help people over these opioids and all these crazy drugs and and yeah, this is this is all really this is amazing. Um, Isla, you got any uh, other questions or anything? No, I, I I mean I'm thankful to have this conversation and uh, you know that you that learning your story and how you're utilizing obviously your your space and time to educate others. I think it's definitely needed. Um, we definitely need more doctors in this mm -hmm. field because because that's the that's you know I, I think what you're doing is awesome and amazing. And I thank you. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, yeah, totally. I, for, for me personally, cannabis has created, like you said, as a mom, uh, the balance in my life of homeostasis, yep. mm -hmm. obviously. I knew nothing of uh, us, of myself or I, uh, humans having an endocannabinoid system years yeah. ago. I just used it recreationally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's how we all started. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I think he's a froze. Um, 
but yeah, I've, I've, I've colitis and, uh, I've had to use steroids and these, uh, when I had flare ups and, and all these different prescription medicines and I use cannabis now and it really helps when I'm in like, when I have inflammation. It really, it's, it saved me in so many ways. So it's, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and I think, you know, the, the message here is that I think conventional medicine certainly has mm-hmm. its place. Um, yeah. but yep. I do think it, it's, it's a lot more appropriate for acute situations yes. than for chronic situations. Uh, you know, for, for chronic situations, really, you know, it, it's, it's how you take care of your body, like what yeah, you eat, that's true. you know, how, how, um, how you move your body. Um, and then also, you know, turning to, uh, to what, to what nature has to offer. Mm-hmm. Totally. So everybody get the, uh, the CBD oil solution book, check it yes. out. And where can everybody find you, Dr. Patel? Um, they can find me online, um, on, uh, our website, our company website. So that's doc Patel's D O C P A T E L S.com. Um, I have a YouTube channel where I'm constantly answering commonly asked questions. I have about like a good 200 videos on there. Um, and I'll continue to answer more questions and put out information on there. And, um, so those are the two main resources. Um, and then, of course, you know, um, uh, uh, podcasts like these where I'm um, answering questions as well. Awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. No, I appreciate yeah. your time. Thank you so much for yeah. being on the podcast. Uh, yeah, for everybody, please, uh, you know, check out Dr. Patel and uh, rate, review, subscribe to The Cannabis Connoisseur. Follow us on at Instagram, uh, The Cannabis C. And, yeah, we will see you on the next episode. Thanks again, for Doctor, for your time. We appreciate you. Absolutely. listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows.
Hey friends, I'm Brandon and I'm Saba and we are your host of the Cannabis Hangout podcast, an educational platform to connect with the cannabis community and share personal stories while breaking the stigma of marijuana. Join us every Sunday at 7 p.m. to gain valuable insight with different perspectives from industry leaders, growers, and medical marijuana patients. This is a place to learn so much from different angles in the cannabis industry. So tune in while, while we, we break, break it all down. down.